0: Tuesday, October 5th, and you're tuned into the Cleveland Baseball Talk Podcast. I'm Joe Noga, joined by Paul Horns, our Major League Baseball Beat Raider. Hornsy, the baseball season came to an end in Cleveland on Sunday. Monday, we sort of uh, hit the reset button. And now, uh, Tuesday, we get underway with the playoffs. Uh, Tonight, the American League wildcard game uh, takes place and the New York Yankees, Boston Red Sox, are going to stage the most dramatic and most important wild card game in the history of the wild card. It's just the the way that uh, the national media and the the talking heads and ESPN and and the folks on Major League Baseball Network all I'll talk about this. It's like it's the most important rivalry in sports. Where does this Yankees Boston rivalry rank up there uh, for you in terms of? uh, you know, the biggest sports rivalries.
1: You know, I, you know, Joe, I get, I think I, you just get beat over the head with it so much that I think it kind of loses its luster. I mean, they play 19 times during the season and, you know, all 19 times is, is this is the greatest rivalry in in sports gets stuffed down our throat. And, you know, I just think it gets kind of diluted, but, you know, obviously, you know, this is kind of an interesting matchup, uh, one game wild card between these two AL East powers, and uh, you know they're not—they're certainly not strangers to each other. Um, but you know, I—I—I just—you know, there's 28 other teams in the big leagues, and I think there's other rivalries that 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 don't see don't receive the buzz that this one does.
0: What's a what's a, a good rivalry other than Yankees Red Sox in in baseball that, that you recognize as a good baseball rivalry?
1: Well, you know, I think the Dodgers Giants is a great rivalry, you know, historical uh, rivalry. Uh, you know, the um, you Cubs know, and even, Cardinals. Um, yeah. C- yeah. Cubs. Cubs Cardinals. You know, uh, you know, the Indians White Sox used to be a great rivalry, uh, you know when Albert Bell was here and using a court bat and they're going back and forth like that. That was, that was an interesting
0: rivalry. Um, who, who do so, you consider? Who do you consider the Indians? Uh, or I'm sorry, Cleveland baseball. Uh, now, now the guardians, who do you consider the, the Cleveland franchise's biggest rivalry through the years?
1: You know, I, you know, I don't know if Cincinnati doesn't do much for me, you know, the interstate, uh, the national right. league, Mm-hmm. You know the interleague rivalry between the reds. I mean, it's okay. You know, it's, you know, it's in state. Yeah, I get it. But I would think, you know, it's, it's the twins to me or it's the Yankees used to be the Indians, Yankees, you know, and I, right. I still think there's some lingering things, you know, with the Indians, Yankees, Indians, Detroit, Indians, and Boston even. So Indians Yankees might be the one that kind of jumps out at me. I mean, just, You know, from a, you know, if you look back over the history of the two
0: clubs. Right. Uh, Spinning it forward, I guess, who will the Guardians' biggest rival be? And as they, you know, emerge starting next season, I I guess you got to look at the White Sox as being the prime candidate right there as they're sort of on top right now. And the Guardians are going to be shooting for them uh, over the next few years. Like you said, the the Cincinnati rivalry uh, seems to me almost like almost like too new. They didn't really play each other until ninety what ninety seven, so we yeah. don't really we don't really have that much of a history. There aren't really those standout moments in the rivalry where there's you know some sort of bitterness generated by that or uh, any sort of like outstanding amazing plays or amazing comebacks or or, you know, they ruined a the season for each other or anything like that. Uh, I, I, I like the games because they, the, the games between Cleveland and Cincinnati, because we get them on, um, you know, weekends and, and a lot of people show up at, at both venues and that, that's sort of fun, but there just really isn't that sort of hatred. It's almost like uh it, it's almost like cousins playing each other, you know, <laughs> because they're so close to each other out in in arizona when they train and everything there's just too much familiarity there to be sort of a heated rival uh as as for the guardians i think i think chicago the white Sox, might be it moving forward as 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 who they're at least in the immediate future who their biggest rival will be
1: yeah that's a good point and uh you know, as long as La Russa is there, you know, you got kind of that edge uh, from the managerial standpoint between him and Francona, you know, two, you know, well, one guy is already in the Hall of Fame and, and Tito's probably headed there, I would think, you know, uh, but, and, and the twins is kind of an interesting angle too. You know, they've, they've, you know, both teams have taken turns, you know, controlling the division and, uh, you know, it's, it's, it's interesting to see the seesaw back and forth. You know, both, you know, the twins, uh, you know, Derek Falvey, you know, kind of cut his mm-hmm. teeth with the Indians. So they're both run in a similar manner as well.
0: Now, uh, you know, I come from a, a, a great tradition, uh, you know, back in high school of uh, a great rivalry in, in high school football between St. Ignatius and and St. Edward. I, I've seen the the both sides of that rivalry up close. Uh who was Marquette's biggest rival when when you were there? What was the what was Marquette's rival in 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 any sport? Basketball, whatever. I, I don't even know. Well,
1: what, basketball was the sport, and uh, University of Wisconsin was a big uh, rivalry. You know, w- with uh, Marquette and and uh, and Marquette playing the uh, the Badgers. That was that was a big one that jumps out at
0: me. Yeah. yeah. Well, we get we and you know being around here, we've got Brown Steelers as a big rivalry. Ohio state Michigan is the biggest rivalry rivalry game you can, you can think of, uh, you know, just so many great things get stirred up. What, what makes a good rivalry? What makes that, you know, that Boston Yankees game tonight, you're going to have the echoes of all those ghosts of the past, you know, it, it, they'll play those same highlights, the, the Bucky Dent home run over and over again, they'll, they'll show that we, we know that that's coming, you know, every time the Browns and Steelers play each other, you see uh. Turkey Jones slamming Terry Bradshaw to the turf. What, what what's a a quality of a, a good rivalry that, that that really makes it, uh, you know that way in 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 baseball that the the Guardians can sort of, uh, uh moving forward can can sort of grasp hold of.
1: Well, first, with to me with the rivalry, it has to be, it has to be competitive. You know, you can't it can't be like the Browns Steelers. You know, for so many years where the Steelers just you know, hammered the Browns twice a year and we still call that a rivalry. You know, you have to have, uh, you know, you have to have competitive teams. You have to have close games. You have to have two teams that at least from the outside, looking in their fan base believe don't like each other. You know, you have to have that, (laughs) that edge, you know, you have to have, you know, like you said, uh, Bradshaw getting, getting spiked by Turkey Joe Jones and, uh, that kind of stuff that that lives that you know grows uh, you know roots to a rivalry and and uh, you know I don't know if if you you know if you have that in baseball I think but that's the one thing that the red the red the Red Sox and the Yankees do have you know 2004 when you know the, the Red Sox were down 3-0 and and they came back and beat beat uh, the Yankees in in the ALCS to go to the World Series I mean that had the you know I'm, I'm I imagine that still burns uh you know uh, uh Yankee fans Aaron Boone the Yankees manager beating uh, beating Pedro and and the Red Sox at Yankee Stadium with that you know that extra Homer. inning home run down the left field line uh to put them in the po- in the in the World Series all that stuff you know those are kind of A-R- Kodak A- moments you don't
0: forget them A-Rod punching Veritek. yeah I think uh, you know those those are the uh what uh Don Zimmer slamming uh uh or Pedro slamming Don Zimmer his head into the turf. Sure. All those things that we will definitely see those, those highlights show up at some point tonight Uh, for the Indians uh, franchise, for the, for the guardians moving forward. Uh, I guess Tony La Russa putting his hand on uh, Roberto Perez's chest to, to after Jose Abreu uh, took another ball in the helmet uh, earlier this year. That's not really one of those kind of replay moments, but, that, that just sort of stands out to me. That's, that's why, uh, you know, I can't take Tony La Russa seriously as a, as a manager of the year candidate because this guy is out there, you know, putting his hands on opposing players. I, 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 I don't know about that, but uh, yeah, I, I, I think you, you need, you also need like the fan bases and maybe the teams have to have some sort of like commonality, some sort of something that ties them together. Like the, the Browns and the Steelers fan bases, they're, they're pretty similar, you know, when it comes to the, the backgrounds, you know, you know, the, the steel mills and the, the working class sort of uh, approach. I, I think you need that. It can't be, uh, you know, uh, uh, you know, affluent high, you, you know, San Francisco versus Cleveland wouldn't work as well as Pittsburgh versus Cleveland has to be gritty, has to be, you know, the same sort of on the same sort of level there, I think is, is something. And, yeah, that's
1: a good point you know, they're connected by the turnpike, you know, what is it a two and a half, three hour drive, you know, so you can make the fans can go back and forth between the two cities, you know, and, and I think that, like you said, that commonality of, of like, like Kansas city and St. Louis, you know, they're connected by the free, Mm -hmm. you know, you can, you know, that kind of rivalry that, that the fan bases know each other. They live in the same state. um, You know, they know the teams, they know the, the opposing teams. So uh, yeah, I think that's that's a big part of it as well.
0: Why doesn't Major League Baseball play Indians or I'm sorry, Cleveland versus Pittsburgh more often or more than just? I I I get why every year the Indians. I keep I'm going to keep doing it, man. I'm just going to (laughs) keep doing it. I can't get myself off of it. Uh, I get why every year Cleveland versus Cincinnati is an interleague matchup, and that's those those natural local right. Why doesn't Major League Baseball sort of branch out with those area rivals like, like they play? Every, I, you're, you want the Subway Series in New York. You want the, uh, like you said, the, the series in Kansas City with St. Louis and L.A. against the L.A. and the Dodgers and the Angels. But why don't they play more interleague where it's, you know, Cleveland has another rival and that's it's Pittsburgh in other sports. Why, why not cultivate that as well? Yeah, I I think that's, I
1: think they're missing a boat there, Joe. I think they, you know, they, they really could do that. Uh, You know, no matter what division, the National League division, the Indians play, they always play the Reds, you know, so why not, you know, switch off every, every other year, you know, play the, play the Pirates for six, you know, six games and the Reds for six games. I'm not sure maybe, you know, but it makes sense. And, you know, I think probably the, the rivalry between the Pirates and uh, the, uh, you know, Cleveland would be probably just as heated, if not more than, uh, than the Reds, Reds Cleveland.
0: I, I can think of a thousand reasons why it's closer. It's two hours instead of, you know, three hours to to drive three and a half to, to drive to Cincinnati. But I, you know, that park is, is gorgeous. Everybody raves about going to that, but, you know, say what you will about it being in Pittsburgh and having to go to Pittsburgh, but uh, that ballpark is gorgeous, and everybody loves making that trip. Uh, another, it, it's a reason. To, plus, uh, you know the, the the Pirates aren't very competitive right now, so give the Indians a chance to to beat up on the uh, <laughs> Pittsburgh team as opposed to having a little more competition in Cincinnati. I I don't know. I I just there's a million reasons why Cleveland versus Pittsburgh in a uh, an interleague matchup every once in a while like maybe every other year every two years or when when it rotates around i just i think only getting to see and and compete against pittsburgh as one of this city's sort of natural rivals uh it, it, you're sort of, you're right you're missing the boat there there's there's a, a lot more uh, that the league could do maybe just to get a little more creative with their scheduling uh ideas yeah
1: i think uh you know um the pirates have have, you know petitioned uh you know mlb the schedule makers to play the indians more and i I don't know that's it must uh you know they must it fall it fell on deaf ears but you know i think both teams would like that i think both teams that generates attendance i would think it would help you know both clubs
0: well and uh you know we we did experience earlier this year we experienced the uh the little league classic in williamsport and one of the expressed uh, sort of mandates of who plays in that every year. They want a team that's with within a drivable distance. So you know it's a four hour trip from Cleveland. It's even less from from Pittsburgh uh, to Williamsport. Why not play uh, the the Indians and the Pirates uh, in the Little League Classic? You know every once in a while and and, and get them not only uh, to to face each other but uh, do it in a venue that's uh, a lot of fun as we, we got to experience that trip as well.
1: Yeah, that makes great sense, Joe. And, you know, they the Indians did play the Pirates this year at, at uh, you know, PNC Park. Uh, mm-hmm. And like you said, it's a beautiful park. Great setting. You know, you get to walk across the Roberto Clemente Bridge, you know, to the ballpark. The river is right there. I think they, the Allegheny. Is it the Allegheny River or the Monongahela, yes. or whatever? The, One the Allegheny,
0: the Monongahela, and the... It's the Ohio yeah, is the third one, right?
1: Yeah, the third. There's three rivers there, but it's it's a beautiful setting for a ballpark and nice nice place to watch a ball game and and, and Pittsburgh's a good good city, a good city to kind of roam around
0: in. Uh, you're being too nice. When the Browns when it comes <laughs> of, when it comes to Brown Steelers week, we'll we'll start talking our uh, our stuff about them. But uh, lots of fun. All right. So rivalries, yes there there are rivalries outside of uh, Yankees Red Sox. Uh, wild card game. Uh, the other wild card game tomorrow night in uh, in I, I believe it's in Los Angeles. Well, uh, the Dodgers hosting the Red Hot Cardinals. Uh, that's a, another game that that features teams that you wouldn't think would be wild card teams, but uh, the you know the Dodgers won 106 games, and here they are playing a one game playoff uh, to get in there. Uh, how do you how do you see that one shaking out?
1: I don't know, Joe. I mean, is, you know, I've, I've heard a lot of people say it's not exactly fair. You know, <laughs> one team won 106, 106 games. The, uh, the Cardinals won 88 and needed to win, what, 17 straight to get in? Well, I thought they, they had a really good hold on the second wild card spot anyways, but just, you know, and it, it, it just, I don't know. It just goes to show you how important it is to win the division to me. You know, I I mean, everybody goes in with the same rules, but you know, in this case, in the NL West, the Giants went what 107 games, the Dodgers went 106 and the Dodgers have to go into the swamp, you know, into the, into the wild card, just and take a a chance on a one game, a one game winner, take all, you know, approach and, and, you know, and, and I guess if the players are upset. You know, they probably should have petitioned the union to expand the playoffs like they wanted to. Like, it seemed like there was a big feeling, you know, there was a good movement to do that, you know, after last season. And, but you know, it, it, it sounded like the players shut that down when they were negotiating it in, you know, at the end of spring training.
0: Yeah. I, I don't think that maybe, maybe the players might not be as upset. Maybe the players on the Dodgers might be upset, but uh, you know, league wide, I don't think the players are as upset as the, Television folks are because there's the possibility yeah. that the biggest TV market is going to be, you know, out after one game. And that would be less than ideal, I think, for for all of your networks. Uh, but so, what, what, go ahead. But what about the pitching matchup with uh, the
1: Dodgers uh, Cardinals, Wayne Wright and Wayne uh, Wright. Ma- and Mad Max Scherzer? That's a hell of a pitching match.
0: Uh, I would say they've they've got some playoff experience between the two of them. Uh, Wainwright is just complete renaissance, man. I, look at what he's doing at his age to to come out there and and be this effective again. Uh, I can't think of two guys you would want more in a one game playoff scenario than Max Scherzer and Adam Wainwright. Uh, should be a fantastic pitching matchup, and and even the Yankees Red Sox pitching matchup is, is pretty good too. You've got we we've seen what uh what Garrett Cole can do in one game uh in in the playoffs in a wild card scenario and uh cuz he, he absolutely handled the Indians and in last year's uh wild card opener. But you've got Nathan Ivaldi who's if <laughs> if he's not under consideration uh in in the American League for for Cy Young, he should be a top 5 guy in in that regard but uh just look at what he's done all year. That should be a fantastic matchup as well.
1: Yeah. Uh, Cole has struggled a little bit, you know, starting with that game against the Indians mm-hmm. at Yankee Stadium in September. He's like two and three with a 6.15 in his last five starts. But uh, he beat the Yankees. I mean, he beat the uh, Reds on Red Sox on September 24th, the last time they faced him. And Avaldi uh, lost that game. And he, he allowed like seven runs on seven hits and two wow. and two thirds. So, uh, you know, both guys have, have something to prove coming into this into this game.
0: All right. Well, we'll have plenty to talk about after the wildcard games are complete. Uh, we will be chatting with uh, Chris Antonetti, Mike Chernoff, and Terry Francona uh, tomorrow tomorrow afternoon, late tomorrow afternoon. So we will have the results of that conversation and any news that's generated uh, from it on Thursday's podcast, uh, anything you're expecting? I, I, they they could make some announcements about who the whose options they're picking up or or not, or or they could just decide to to wait on that until the deadlines for those decisions, right?
1: Yeah, I think I think yeah, the options, you know, with you know Ramirez, Perez, I guess the two of the guys that jump out at you. Uh, maybe the coaching staff. We got to find out if the, the coaches will be back. I think the majority will but I wouldn't be surprised if there's a couple changes, um, those, uh, but things along those lines, uh, you know, the, the, the question we were kicking around, Joe, before the podcast started, if payroll is going to increase, how much is it going to increase by? And, you know, I know we're not going to get a straight answer, but no, we're not. Uh, to, <laughs> me, we're, to me, that's a key, key, uh, a key uh, you know, uh, question about just where the guardians are going to be next
0: year. Yeah, I'm, I'm less concerned about how much the payroll is going to go up because they've said that it is going to go up. But um, the the question for me is more, where are they going to devote those resources? Are they going to reinvest it in guys like Ramirez and Shane Bieber and extend those guys? Are they going to go out and buy buy big on the free agent market, which they would never tell us, but you, you could probably get an indication that that might be where they want to go. Or is it going to be to, to make a trade and bring in, uh, add salary through a trade that way, you know, trade for a, a guy who's got a big contract and, 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 would be a, a key piece there. So, you know, three different areas and ways that they could go in terms of adding that payroll that would, would, would really alter the course of this team for next season. Definitely. And it's going to be uh, kind of,
1: it's going to be interesting to see which, which course they take, which road they take. And, uh, because Joe, that you know, they have to get better. I mean, there's no doubt about it. They've got to spend some money. They've got to improve that offense, and they have to hope that the pitching staff stays healthy.
0: Yeah, and that'll and and this will be the year to do it in, in 2022 with, uh, you know, some some young guys who had some chance to develop this past year. Uh, now maybe you add a few veterans if you can, and and see if you can can win some games that way, uh, in your first year as the Guardians. All right, Hoinsie. We will check back in with you on the next edition of the Cleveland baseball talk podcast. We'll talk to you then. All
1: right, Joe.